beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Dr. Joshua Black. And uh, we're here doing another uh, podcast, doing another uh, interesting interview. Today, we get a chance to speak with Judy Hinderer. And Judy is a wife and working mother. She has been fascinated and studied dreams for as long as she can remember. The, the dreams with her deceased father have been integral in her life, and they came to her at a very specific times. Even though she never had the chance to meet her father before he died, uh, she'd been able to connect with him um, through her dreams. Judy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So it's been uh, it's been a while since we actually chatted. I remember you sent me some dreams after you heard an interview that I did. I did. And, yeah, and I was really excited to hear those because you sent me a bunch. <laughs> it wasn't just one. You had a whole series of dreams. And I can't wait to start talking about those because I know the, the people who listen to this podcast would be really interested in everything. Oh yeah, no, they're, they were, um, you know, they were just, I, I didn't realize how important they were um, until like now, like me as an mm -hmm. adult, um, when you're having them at 13, you know, during those ages, they're, they're, they seem to be just very like, I don't know, like, like I need them more for me. But by the last one, I really feel like when I connected with my dad, I felt like he almost needed it more than I did. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I can't wait to start talking about those, but before we get into the dreams, I would mm -hmm. like to know, and the listeners would probably like to know is why haven't you met your father? Um, so that's the okay. big story. So could you yes. take us through that aspect of your grief and loss? Sure. So, um, my father, you know, was killed in an automobile accident. Um, and he died in June of 1978. The uh, person that was driving the other vehicle uh he was you know under the influence and it was a it was a really big accident in town and there were even other people that passed away in other cars i mean it was a huge accident um now during that time my mother was six and a half months pregnant with me so i was born in september of 1978 so it was it, it was a big deal it was a big loss my family you know of, of course everyone loved my dad but like his parents, his siblings. I mean, it was a huge loss to the family. I mean, he took care of a lot of different people. Um, he did a lot of things, you know, for my mom and, and for my brothers and sisters. And, you know, for me and my brothers and my sister, like we grew up very differently. They're much older than I am. So that loss to them was huge. And for me, I, I just, it was something that I, I didn't have. So that was a piece of me that was missing from day one. Wow. That's, uh, it, it's crazy how life can do that, can mm -hmm. take away something before you really learn to love it. How, mm -hmm. I know you have a, so you had a bond with your mom. So how did she, what has she said to you and how she dealt with that? Because I can only imagine the stress of being pregnant and then also losing your husband. I think for her, it was, it was very difficult. And I think she just had to, um, all she was concentrating on was I need to take care of this baby inside me. And I think she sort of shut down her emotions. I think that my brothers and my sisters sort of had to deal with a lot of that stuff, maybe on their own, losing my dad. And my mom was just like, I've, I've got to just keep moving. I have to keep moving. You know, one thing uh, we were putting together uh, photographs for my mother, my sister and I, 
a photo album and we had gone through the house looking at pictures and I remember there was a picture of me in like in a five by seven frame and when we took out my photograph underneath it had been a photograph of my dad I think he you know he had been in the marines and I'm like how long has this picture been there like I, I had no idea for like 20 years this picture sat behind my my baby picture but I think she had to sort of just cover things up and, and put things aside so that she could keep moving forward for me and my brothers and sister. So she sort of just had to, you know, push that to the side. Like I just, it was very hard because um, I would ask her questions, you know, I, w- I would want to know more. And um, she would just sort of just like brush it to the side. Like, yeah, your dad and I got married and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and I would sort of just like, well, geez, can't I have more? But um, I think now, you know, it was hard for her to open those doors and go back to being a young woman and meeting my dad and being married and being in love. You know, she just couldn't open that. Has she since opened that, mm-hmm. that door or is it still pretty shut? Um, she has. And I think maybe the older she gets, she just gets more reflective. You know, when I was younger, when she would talk about him, you know, it, and it's probably like the wife thing to do. She would be like, oh, your dad just didn't like that couch. So I, you know, I got a new one or something silly. Like we complain about our husbands, but the older I got, the the older she gets, the more she reflects on things that he taught her. And uh, just recently we saw a DVD, you know, how they transfer like VHS tapes to DVDs or I don't even think it was VHS tape. It was probably like 16 millimeter. And um, there was video of my dad at a wedding in like the 1960 or something like that. And she was so excited to see that, that, um, that footage. And I said, well, how did you feel looking at that? She was like, well, it makes me sad. And she's 79. And I think that was the first time she said, well, that makes me sad about my dad. Like, I think she was just really processing, like, you know, we were young. That was my husband, and I miss him. Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine what she went through and said, like, the sacrifices she made as a parent to try to raise you guys in a mm-hmm. way that was productive. Because I we hear stories all the time of how grief can just, like, destroy you, and you don't want mm-hmm. to do anything. But she said, you guys, to, and she needed to find a way. And it's amazing how how resilient people are. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad she's starting to process it now and to feel mm-hmm. those emotions because once you do it for so long, it's almost just a habit and you're almost too scared or you don't know that it's even hidden as much as well as it is just because of what you need to do to move forward. So, wow, that's wild. And so for you, what was it like growing up without a father? Because th- that's a very difficult thing, especially in schools. They have Father's Day, um, like, where you oh. like make cards and stuff. So what did, like what was all that like for you growing up? Um, that used to be, you know, that when when we got to school, that got really hard. I will say, like growing up, um, because I was the baby. There's about uh, 13 years between me and my youngest brother, and then I, you know, I have a a brother that's 14 years older than me, and then my sister is 16 years older than me. So we, we sort of joke like that I was like the planned child because, you know, my mom and dad, you know, wanted another baby and it, their kids had, all, you know, been growing. So, so anyhow, um, my brothers and my sister doted over me like I was 
I mean, I was born, they, they had this horrible tragedy happen and, and now they have this baby. So they took such good care of me. Um, and my brothers did every single dad thing that my dad did with them, they did with me. So I, I feel like my dad was still taking care of me when I look back on that now. But, you know, when you get into school, that's when, you know, you have the traditional families and kids have, you know, their dad days and, and things like that. And I just didn't have that. And uh, anytime you had to make something, I think it's, I think now they they do this a lot more now, like making things for your mom and your dad. And even when I do this with my kids, I'm just like, God, what if I wasn't here? Because I remember these feelings, but I hated it because they would say, well, what about an uncle? And I, you know, it's just like, you know, I come from a large family. We're Hispanic. So it's just like, well, yeah, sure. I have like a, a bunch of uncles, but like, you know, it's, we're so big. Nobody talks that much <laughs> to one another. Um, and nobody understands that, you know, and uh, my brothers were, you know, young adults and, uh, you know, one was in the Navy and he was gone and making a card for somebody that's like a dad is, it still just wasn't sufficient. I just still always felt like the girl that just didn't have the dad to make a card for. So, so I still remember that to this day. And then other kids could be really mean. Like I had one girl, I, she like, she said that I was like a bastard child. I didn't even know what that meant, but you know, kids can be really mean. And I, that's just, that's what I would get sometimes. And, you know, I'd be, you know, like no one wants to say like, no, my dad died in a car accident. Like it's kind of a downer when you start a conversation like that. And, uh, and then other kids really don't understand that. And so I think I was also very mature because I had already dealt with that, dealing with that reality while they were just worried about, you know, I don't know, cartoons on TV. Or the fact that Santa's not real. They're just getting used to that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, what's, what's funny about Santa Claus is like, that was never like in, like, I never believed in Santa Claus because my mom was not going to let anyone take credit for like her work, you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, at one time I just, I thought like, no, like, look at that present under the tree, mom, that wasn't there before. And she's just like, Santa doesn't buy you presents. I, I buy you presents, you know? <laughs> it was like, okay. So at seven, I just knew there was no Santa, but I liked the movies and, you know, I kept my mouth shut for everyone. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Well, it's, you know, like, the big thing too, children just don't know. And until you really go through it, because I didn't really know even as an adult until my father died. And, you know, you just, you have to, you know, one of the things is you really have to go through it to really understand and have a compassion for others. So did any, like growing up, so you had to deal with that. Was there any other kids along your, your way that lost people that you could, that you were there for, like you could understand, like your friends or anything? No, you know, I, I was so... I think as a child, I was, I was always afraid of things and not to say that my mom, you know, whatever, but when my dad died, she just, she went into overprotective mode, you know, and I totally understand that. So I was very sort of, you know, sheltered, like in a bubble and I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, I, I would go to school and I think I was so I can't even explain. I don't, I don't even know how to explain myself. I didn't have a lot of friends just because I don't feel like I fit in. I, I do feel like I was always more aware of things and they were 
theory into, you know, you know, at eight, you're just like, that's so superficial in your head, but you don't know what that thought means. So I would get picked on. Um, and I just sort of just kept to myself. And I did have a really close relationship with my mom. So there was really, you know, I, I got, I talked more with like my brothers and my sister. I had a couple, maybe, you know, maybe one close friend growing up, but you know, no one really understood that sort of thing or had been through that sort of thing. So to talk about it, it just didn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see that. What, um, when you were growing up, did you see or did you feel aspects of your father in your brothers, even from just maybe what your mom and siblings told you or just, just some sort of innate feeling that, oh, you know, that's, that must have been what dad was like? Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, my dad was very into um, nature and, and fishing and the outdoors. And, you know, he would take my brothers to different parks and um, they would skip rocks and um, do all of those things. And those are the things that they really treasured, you know, about my dad um, and missed so much. And so with me, um, they they would do those things with me. They would say, hey, we're going to a park today, you know, and we'd go to a park and we'd skip rocks. And I would be, you know, in the same places that my dad took them to doing the exact same things, feeding the ducks, you know, looking at, you know, the water, all of those things. You know, we live, um, you know, I'm, I'm near Cleveland. So, um, you know, we go to the lake a lot, Lake Erie, um, and just go check out the sunset, you know. So I did a lot of those things a as a kid, you know, with my brothers. And uh, and they were just, they, they were, they served the, those parts of my dad that, that weren't there is a very beautiful gift for them to give me. And I, I'm so thankful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, especially like, you know, people say that children are kind of like the legacy of the parents passed on through genetics and, and, you know, closeness. I mean, you just look at, you know, some biological kids of someone, I mean, you can look at your kids and see how much mm -hmm. you're in, in your children. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, I do the same things with my kids. I, would say, let's go find a park, look at these rocks, let's skip the rocks. And they love being outdoors and they love the trees and they love nature. And, you know, that's really my dad's gift being passed on to his grandchildren and he's not even here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a beautiful thing for sure. That's a beautiful thing that, uh, you know, they can feel that through through you and, and through uh, through themselves really. I wanted to uh, ask actually about um, talk about you know the whole as you were growing up and and being a kid mm -hmm. going through school, it's just it's mm -hmm. crazy sometimes like you know kids definitely can be cruel and and mean sometimes and you must have had that you know like you said there's you probably felt like something was missing, and mm -hmm. you know especially when kids are kind of getting at it with other kids like they will find they will hit to the core. Like mm -hmm. what another kid's going through. If a kid wants to bully another kid, they'll just get right to that bare bones, painful aspect, and that's tough. I don't know, like I'm sure, like as an yeah. adult, it, you don't really remember too much of it. But then, like you think back and you're like, man, you know, well, kids. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, I was not a fighter. You know, I, if someone picked on me, that was it. I was in tears. I was sad. 
they're making fun of me and it's the, it's, that's it. It's the end of the world. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I was an easy target, but I mean, it was just anybody could say something to me and I would have just, you know, crumbled or looked at me the wrong way. And, um, you know, I mean, I think sometimes I even think back to some of the teasing and I'm just like, I would not survive in this social media age um, because, you know, it was teasing. Um, who knows what would have happened if there was, you know, Twitter or Instagram or I don't even know. Yeah. But, um, but I was very like, um, yeah, I was like an easy target. Like, oh, she's going to cry. Well, let's do this again and again. And, um, you know, the only person I could go to was my mom. I mean, I could go to my brothers sometimes, but, and this is like, you know, sort of the man thing, you know, they would get really mad, you know, they'd want to go just find somebody and you're just like, okay, well, that's, it's not what I need here. <laughs> right yeah. Now. Yeah. And yeah, you probably kind of felt maybe that that might've made things worse. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that like back then, you know, there was definitely bullying like today, but you know, you kind of, the bullying happens at school, whatever you go home and then at least you have a safe spot. But like mm -hmm. uh, now, you know, kids have their phones at home. So then like that becomes open territory for bullying as well. You know, someone could like, talk to you on MSN. Oh, that's not, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I'm no, old. Right. So MSN messenger, but, uh, you know, Twitter or Instagram, you know, or whatever kids can find you. And then that bullying can continue on at home, which is uh, crazy. Well, and two, they, they can take pictures of you after they bully you. So if you're crying, they can make a video on their phone or, so it's just like nonstop, oh, yeah. right? Like it's just, don't it's give them ideas. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Um, you know, and it's funny because I think because I've just sort of, because I did go through a lot of those things. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm just, just like, if, if nobody likes me, then this is what, this is the best you've got now. So I don't really care. But when you're 12 or, you know, 10, you, you don't, you don't have those um, tools yet, you know, so I'm, so far, my son, you know, he's 12 years old. He's very just like, he, he doesn't really care, you know, what other people think. He has his core group of friends. Um, and my husband are, and I are just like, gosh, like, what? I wish we could have been like that when we were 12, you know, <laughs> like that confident. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, you know, like the different temperaments of children and what they can withstand and who they are. But, you know, once again, he has both parents. So the environment's much different than what you were raised in. So, you know, it's, right. it's, that's why like environment is such an important thing for children. And that's why children's grief is such an important thing to discuss and really help them out with because, you know, adults have hard enough time dealing with their emotions. I can only imagine children. So, you know, like you and your journey, it, it's, it's so sad that, you know, you went through that and then you got bullied on top of it. So when did things change for you? Was it when you first had the dream? Because I know that was very comforting for I, I you think, I think so I think once I was I was getting into the 12 13 you know age um I had well I had I had switched schools I had started going to junior high school um and that was fantastic because you know in elementary school you're sort of with the same group of kids until the sixth grade so if you're picked on in the second grade you're going to get picked on by the same kids in the sixth grade and so once I went to junior high, there were so many other kids there. Um, I, I fit in with 
you know, kids that maybe just didn't fit in, but you find people that are more like you. And so for some people, the tumultuous years are the middle school years. And my middle school and high school years were just, they were fantastic. I, 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 I found my nerd click and, and I was good to go. So, but, um, but I would say, um, that's when I had the first dream about my dad or with my dad. Now I had always had, I had been dreaming all the time. I mean, every morning I would wake up and I would say, mom, I had this dream, you know, and she would, you know, sit and listen and she loved to listen to them and she just seemed fascinated by them. But, um, but, you know, when I was about 13 was when I had that first dream. And I don't know if I had just been looking at a, at a bunch of pictures or, or what triggered it, but I was, I was in a, I was in a forest. I was in a park and I was on one side of like a bridge, you know, and there was, you know, these trees. And then on the other side of the bridge is my dad. And I don't even know the the meaning behind it now, but it was, it was like me wanting to go forward, you know, and, but I was just hesitant, like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't do that. You know, like, I, I just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to make it. And he's just was like, you know, you, you can cross, you can cross the bridge. You can do it on your own. You, you can do this. And when he said that, I crossed the bridge, dream was over. And, and then I, I remember waking up and I'm just, I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, like that was my dad, you know? And I'm telling my mom, no, oh, I was just dreaming about my dad. And she's just like, what, you know, um, because I had never said that before. So so, it, I mean, I, and I wanted to go back to sleep. I wanted to go back there. I wanted to see him. I wanted to go back to this park with him. But that was just amazing, you know, and uh, I, I couldn't believe, I mean, I cried and my mom was really happy. And I feel like my mom is the, like, besides you guys now, I feel like my mom is like the one person that if I say this happened in my dreams, she believes every word that I tell her. Well, that's so nice that you're able to tell your mom and even open up that inside her of mm-hmm. understanding that and the joy of probably of her realizing you, know, you had a chance to see your father finally. And so what did you take that that bridge for? Because I think it's beautiful advice for him. And, and as a, I can only imagine as a daughter, like the one thing you're missing is that, you know, father advice and he gave it to you and you succeeded and like, it was a great story. Um, but like, so like, what would that bridge represent to you looking back? Looking back, I think that was, I think that was me just moving forward, losing some fear. I think I was always afraid to, I was always afraid to do things. I was always afraid that if I attempted something, I wasn't going to succeed at it or I wasn't capable of it. And I think it was sort of shedding, you know, like regaining some independence. Like you can do this. You're, you're now in junior high there are all these kids here. You've got this. You can do this. So I feel like that was just a, a little part of me getting some independence, getting some confidence under my belt and um, him solidifying that feeling. That's so cool. I'm actually, I really love the dream because of, like you, you can do it. Like I always tell myself in different circumstances in life that have been difficult it's like you self-motivate yourself. So like, has that dream just like moving forward? Is it something that you refer back to when difficult times to say, no, I can do this? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. When I look back at, at, at a lot of these, I can see where I, I used it to move forward. You know, like I'm just like, well, that's, that's right. I, I can do this. Yeah. And so that even sort of segues into the, the next one that I had, because it was just a, a couple of years later. I think that I'm 15. It's just high emotion, both me and my mom, because it's, it's just, it's mother, daughter, it's hormones, it's everything. And I think sometimes during that time, I was always very self-conscious you know, because we're teenagers and we're self-conscious, then um, I would just sort of look at myself and, you know, think like, no, I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. And um, it must have been weighing on me in such a way that my dad showed up in a dream. And it was, um, it was a very odd dream um, because it was like I was in some sort of office, like in, I was in a waiting room, like waiting to, I don't know if I felt like I was at a doctor's office or a lawyer's office. But, you know, they're just, it's like I show up and they're just like, you know what, it's just, it's not time for you to be here yet. So it's, it's just not your time. And, and, and then there's a man in the back and he just starts yelling for me, but it was like, it was my dad and, you know, I can see him and he's just like, Hey, I love you. I see you all the time. You are so beautiful. You're, I just, I love you and just know that I see you all the time and that I'm with you, you know, and, and then the, when the dream ended, it was very odd. It was almost like a, like a television screen sort of fading, you know, and again, I woke up and I was just like, wow, I'm not alone when you're feeling alone. And that's, I really felt like I wasn't alone anymore. Wow. That's, that's tremendous to get that type of uh, connection when you needed it. What's it like, what's it like hearing it and, and and obviously seeing it from your father as opposed to what what you were getting in terms of support from the outside because i imagine it's not the same it just, it just means it, something different it's not and and those are things that i don't think i realized until i had children and until i saw my husband with my children like i was okay with not you know having a, a dad at events or things like that but I don't think I really understood how important a father's role is until I could see my husband being a father to his children. And I think that's when I really started my grieving process maybe a little more was like, I missed those feelings. I missed that stuff. Um, and so, you know, when I was a teenager, yes, I had friends by then and, and um, you know, I had my siblings but again, when you're 15, you just feel like you can't talk to anybody about anything. And I didn't, I don't think I realized that I needed that bad moment in there at that time, mm. but he did show up at that time. Yeah. And especially that age, right? Because like you said, you know, it's, it's kind of a time to naturally rebel, naturally kind of um, not really yeah, to kind of push away from those establishments and the people around you anyways as a teenager. But, you know, here comes your father as kind of like an outside source, almost like away from the realities of Earth. And mm. I, that seems like it would add, it would just, it would be a special thing, like just very different from, you know, again, like everybody around you and, and maybe add a little something else. And And another thing is, did that 
add to your relationship with your father? Because now you've had you've had two impactful dreams. I would imagine that that would kind of add to your connection. Yes. Yeah. I think that after that second one, like I like I knew like he's he is there. There is something there. There is he is close. So I don't have to I don't have to feel alone. I know that my dad's just hanging out nearby, you know, and if I just need to say something like if I just want to talk to him, I can do that like he's there. You know, it wasn't a fluke. You know, the first dream, he was just thinking, well, I just saw some picture or something. Plenty of, I have plenty of photographs. But you're just thinking, like, that's never going to happen again. And then it happens again. And not soon, it happened years later. So, yeah, I really held on to that. And it, and it really made me feel much better. And, and one more thing I was thinking is that it probably, you know, these are, you know, these are dreams where you're experiencing them, obviously, you know, it's a new thing. Whereas before you're kind of hearing about stories of your father, you know, maybe from your siblings or your mom, was there an aspect of maybe envy that like, you know, they got to experience those and I didn't? Oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah. they had a whole, I mean, they had a whole different life. They had a mother and a father and um, they had dinner together and they had a family thing. And, and, you know, not in um, not in a spiteful way, like you're not thinking about that, but you're just the, you know, the life I'm living um, at that moment is like, you know, my mom's got to work two jobs. It's just me and her. And, um, you know, she can't come to certain events. And And I was always okay with that because I knew, like, I knew she worried a lot and I never wanted to say like, uh, oh, I have this. Uh, play that I'm going to be in you know do you want to come to every single thing I have at the school she just couldn't do that we just grew up in 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 two different times so now I value a lot of that because I have a lot of independence from sort of going that through that journey but you know my my brothers and my sister you know they had a dad that they could go to um, if they needed some help and um, I just didn't I had I had my mom and she would handle things as best as she could. And, and she did a fantastic job. I mean, she's super tough. But I, I didn't have another person to go to. So um, sometimes you are kind of just like, ah, that would be really nice if I had a, a guy backing me up. But I don't have that. Yeah, I want to just say something about that dream uh, they just shared. I think it's absolutely remarkable because I, I know like, as a child... I had similar feelings of feeling unloved um, and, and unsafe and, you know, not, not good looking enough for, uh, for the ladies and <laughs> all that, all that stuff moving forward. And, you know, even past that, like there's even days today that you, you have those insecurities that come up that really uh, push you down in life and you just can't see the joy and you feel like you need to try really hard for people to love you. And so there's so much pressure on you and it's nice how that dream, it almost relieved that pressure because he's saying, I love you. You're beautiful, not just outwardly, but I love you for who you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, as my daughter and like what that can do to that stress and anxiety that's just like feeling through you. And, you know, I just want to sort of point that out because I think it's remarkable how how powerful these dreams can be and really focus on the the major, some of the major aspects that we're trying to go through even to the to this day as adults 
is that strive to be loved. And you had a moment where I'm guessing you felt loved the moment you woke up and those other, all those other worries didn't really exist until maybe your mind started working again during the day. But like in the, the moment of, in the dream, I'm guessing you just felt fully loved and supported. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, by, by two, you know, by two loving parents, not just mm. my mom. Yeah. The, the dreams really made pictures become a person. So that was, yeah, that was pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I'm curious, was your, were you raised in a spiritual home or was this something that the dreams helped you develop? Yes. You know, um, well, you know, we were Catholic, but I will say, you know, when my mom, when my dad died, I think, you know, she had me going to Catholic school, but she, you know, we weren't going to church regularly or anything like that because I, I feel like she was just sort of making it. I'm going to put her in Catholic school and that should be doing the needful. But, you know, she was, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what religion she was raised with because she sort of had a really tumultuous growing up herself. Um, but she, we've always strongly believed in God. And I, I don't know that there's ever a, a right way to do that sort of thing. So I just always believed in God. And, um, and she always believed that there was more, you know, heaven, the other side whatever. And even, even before my dad died, she would, she had said that he would have dreams. Like he, he, I feel like he knew that he, something was going to happen. Like he would have dreams that he was alone or couldn't find his family or things like that. I don't know if those were premonition dreams, but when I would share my dreams with her, she would share some of those things with me. So we were very, she was always very open about talking about everything. Some people could say like, oh, well, that's dreams are the devil's making or depending on, you know, what you believe or what you don't believe. But she was not, we were always just very open. So we're just sort of just all very spiritual, you know. Wow, that's interesting. So interesting. So, all right, let's go on to dream number three. Okay. Um, yeah. So now I'm a, now I'm a grown up. You know, and uh, uh, what I we were some of these things. It's funny because my sister's house it was my grandparents' home, my dad's parents' home, and so um, we played a lot there. That's part of my growing up. And during that time, I had I had a dream. You know, I had met my husband, and we had been dating, um, and you know, we wanted to move in together. And no, we weren't married, and whatever. Um, but my mom was my mom was always very progressive. She was just like, I really like I really like your boyfriend. I really hate you, you know, driving around all the time. I I think this is fine. Like the only the only person I cared about what they cared about, I only thought was like my mom. Like, how does she feel if I make this choice? Um, and she was totally fine with it. But you have other people saying like, Oh, you're gonna leave the house, you know, you're leaving your mom and just people trying to make you feel guilty um, about something that's a personal decision, you know, but I, I'm letting other, you know, I'm not letting other people sort of get in my head. Like, well, am I leaving my mom? Like, should I be doing this? Like, is that the right thing? I don't know. And I, you know, sure enough, I, I had a, 
I had a dream where I'm at, you know, my sister's house and we, there was always a swing set and I climb up the ladder, you know, to the swing set. Like I'm a little kid, but I'm, you know, like 21 years old. And um, I get to the top of the ladder and at the bottom of the slide is my dad. And he's just looking up at me and I'm looking down and he's just like, come on, it's okay. You can, you're ready. You can do this. I slide down and it's like, he's going to catch me, but I wake up obviously. So, so that, you know, I woke up from that and immediately I, I knew that, yes, like this is what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to move in with, with my boyfriend and I love my boyfriend and it, but like, I think even at that moment, like I knew that he was going to be my husband. Wow. That's such a, such a cool dream. Once again, he's just, it's there and it's, it's supporting you but also giving you that almost encouragement and motivation to take that step because change mm-hmm. is so hard. And I'm guessing with all that, all the the talk going around you and how you should stay and try to all the guilt that people are trying to put on you, it was a very difficult decision. And so I'm, this is amazing how just that dream helped facilitate that change in your life and transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, but like I was able to like be comfortable and identify with it instead of, like I was, I was no longer like, oh my gosh, it's my dad. I was just like, my dad showed up. So like, I know I'm on track. I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's funny. And you almost like, yeah, like I laugh because like there's probably other different moments that you're struggling in life and he just never showed up. But <laughs> it's like, were you struggling that much that you needed him? But then there's these other times where it's like, he's there and he gives you what you need. And so I think it's kind of funny how it's like there's picking and choosing, you know, the most right. important parts. Yeah. <laughs> because there's plenty of other times where, I mean, I, I mean, I, I probably, you know, was just like, where are you? Like, why, why am I not dreaming about you? Like I need a decision, but I think, I really think that he did pick and choose like, all right, this is the one I've got to intervene with. Like, this is an important <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. So then let's move on to number four. Yeah. So, so now I'm just, so, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties and I think that's just another uh, year at a different stage in life. And now you're married for at least 10, 12 years. You've got kids, you've got um, financial things to deal with. And, and my husband and I were just having a really hard time communicating about, you know, a lot of different things internally, you know, but for, for ourselves he had lost his mother so he's going through this whole thing and I'm going through dealing with those things and I just I'm, I'm feeling really frustrated and um, we were just we were just having a really difficult time and I was just getting really nervous like what if what if this is not going to work out like what if what if this is it and um, and it was it was making me so sad and so if anybody's out there, you know, listening, when you get to like 12th year of marriage, I think everybody just goes, just sort of goes through almost like a personal transformation. So I think like both my husband and I were going through individual transformations at the same time. And so I was thinking about this 24-7, you know, and I remember um, there was, there was a car I had. I had a I had a black Jeep Liberty and I loved that car. And the only reason why I couldn't I didn't have it anymore was because it just wasn't work. It was like, you know, eight years it had been eight years old and it was dying and I couldn't have it anymore. But I loved, I loved, I loved that car. And so I had this 
dream that I'm, I'm in my childhood home, I'm in the driveway, and I'm with the Jeep. And every single piece of the engine or whatever that's under the hood is outside of the Jeep. And I am just looking at all these pieces and parts. And I'm, I am just so sad because I love this car so much. And I am, I am just like, how am I going to put this car back together? I have to put this car back together. I just, it, but it's too overwhelming. I'm not going to be able to do it. I, I just remember being overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, my dad just comes from behind and puts his arm around me. And he just sort of squeezes my shoulder and he's just like, it's going to be okay. You're going to put, you, you know how to put these this back together. You're going to do this. And it was funny because even as he approached me again, there was like a new level of comfort. Like, like he, like he puts his arm around me, like he had been there forever. And I, and I put my hand on his kind of like, what am I going to do again? You know, and he's just like, it's, it's okay. You're going to, you're going to take care of this. After that, um, after I had that dream again, I woke up and I thought, okay, you know, he's been right before. So we're going to put, we're going to put this back together. It's going to be okay. And then, um, you know, I, we're, we're going to be married 17 years this year. So instead of, I mean, I, I think you can, you can get to a point sometimes where you're just like, it's just, we, we just have to stop this. This is and start over. And, um, you know, he was just telling me like, no, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. And, and it was, and, but I, I really feel like that, that was a big dream. That was an important one <laughs> I needed. Wow. That's tremendous. You know, and just mm. hearing about that and, you know, during the time, again, times of your life when uh, things are kind of confusing and, and you have these problems that you're working through, you know, your father comes in and gives you that support and comfort that you need and, and takes you and gives you that comfort and solace to move forward and think of it, you know, just calmly and, and work through those problems and also support. Uh, again, like, you know, you maybe don't feel that outside in your normal waking life, you're maybe not getting it, but you, you know, your father kind of, you know, taps in at that moment, which is, which is tremendous and incredible. I, I can't even imagine what that must have done and, and done to your relationship uh, with your husband. And, and obviously, you know, you guys work through those problems like people have, you know, people have those times and especially at that age you know i can imagine that you know if you, if you got together young and then you're going through so many changes together and people change but you know again like just like uh seems like just like the jeep sometimes you just gotta you know reassemble things and look at it from a different perspective which your father yeah. kind of gave you yeah and, and it is amazing and it even during that time not so much you know, also for, for my marriage, but for myself, you know, I did a lot of things like, you know, I started reading more, you know, I discovered yoga, I started trying to go to church more, I, I just started doing all these things for myself, to get, get myself working, I started focusing on me, get myself stronger, because, you know, that's just sort of what you need to sort of deal with everything that sort of comes at you. And so, so during that time, I really, I, I really got my, my, my self-esteem up, my confidence. And so it, it was, it was a very meaningful moment. Man, I just wish that, you know, obviously we're doing this podcast and hopefully we can reach more people about this, but I just wish more people were tapping into their dreams like that, 
think, you know, all of us, including myself, you know, we spend like a couple hours a day on social media, maybe looking at our Instagram feeds, looking at our Facebook wall. Our dreams are almost like our internal Instagram feed and our, like, you know, it's providing the images and the, and, uh, you know, whatever, providing everything, providing, you know, this and that. And, you know, just tapping into that a little more uh, might give us a little more insight into our lives. It, it really does. And, um, you know, these these have popped up just along with all the other dreams. I mean, I, I dream, I go somewhere every night. I That's my big, I would tell my mom that. And keep, you know, one way to always, you know, the memory recall is important. Um, you know, keeping a dream journal is, is incredibly important. And I, you know, like to be old school and I like to write it write it down even as silly as they are you know like i you know the cat dreaming of the cat you know like i just you know i sort of have written make sure that i write everything down i look at the silliest stuff online but we're taking in a lot of you know visual throughout our day and and a lot a lot of information in today's day and age and again like you know for you to have that type of um you know respect for your own dreams you know look at look at what it's brought you it's brought you mm-hmm. advice, a, a stronger relationship with with your father, even though you never saw you never saw him on Earth, mm-hmm. which is incredible. I mean, that we just mm-hmm. you know just reminding everybody that you know you never got that chance yet. Here you are developing this relationship, which is panic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and um, so you know the next dream, you know when I'm older. The reason why I had that dream was not even for me. It was it was more for my brother. My brother had been going through a really, really difficult time, and he had been going through a divorce. So, like, for him, the world is just falling apart. And so I'm spending a lot of time on the phone with him, talking with him, listening. But it's just, it, it sucks. You know, he has to go through that. And... um I remember, you know, I, I had this dream and I'm, I'm in this train station and it's a huge train station. And I don't, I couldn't even tell you how I know it's a train station because <laughs> there were no trains there, but all I can say is it was a train station and, um, and it was big and it was beautiful, but it, cause it was so bright and like, the, like sun is just seeping in, everything is just seeping in all this light. But the only two people in the train station are me and my dad. And it's almost like I was meeting him, you know, purposely. And I had all these photographs. And I'm showing him all these photographs. It's like we're catching up. It's like we're hanging out. And it's just like, hey, look, look, here is my, you know, daughter. And, you know, this is her birthday. And, and here's my son. And he won this award. And I'm just showing him all these pictures. And it's almost like here, here are pictures of things that you haven't seen. So one of the photographs is a photograph of my brother when he's like a baby. And I don't even know why it's there. But my dad's going through, he's looking at all these pictures, but the one he picks up is the one of my my brother as a a toddler. And he looks at it and he is sad. And this this one gets me a little emotional because it's, it's more like my dad is, my dad is sad. Like, I need to comfort him. I need to comfort this person because it's like in that moment, he's just like, I was not there for any of these things. Like, like, and you know, he's going through this rough time and I can't be there for him. And I'm just kind of like, wow, you know, like, 
you know, that was like, <laughs> that's like a message for my brother, you know, not even for me. And I'm telling him like, Joe's, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. But that was, that was the last dream I've had with my dad. And that one was pretty powerful because it turned him from a photograph or from this entity or this person that doesn't really physically exist into a, a real person with real feelings. Now his feelings matter. Yeah, that is so interesting, right? Because we sometimes we only get the one side of them being happy or comforting you. It's almost like a one-sided relationship in that way. But when you're comforting him, you're seeing that emotions, it does, it brings a different bond that it's almost reciprocal. You're helping each other. And that's really what life is about in any kind of relationship is we help each other. Like you help your mom, right? And your mom helps you. And so I think that's fascinating. Did you ever tell your brother about the dream? You know what? I I did. And it's funny because I've I've had, I've had a lot of different dreams, like with for different people and you kind of go, am I supposed to say something? Because, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not some, some intuitive, me, psychic, whatever. Like sometimes I just dream of things and I'm like, what do I do with that? <laughs> you know, for different people. And now this one was for my brother. And if it was for my mother, my mother would have loved hearing a message, you know, but it, messages weren't for my mother. This one was for my brother. And so I was sort of humming and hawing, like, do I say something? And and when I did say something, it was sort of very quick. Like, I was just like, well, yeah, I had a dream about Pop. And it was like, he, he feels really bad about what's going on, you know? And I don't really know how my brother took it during that time, because for him, like, you know, the world was ending. I'm hoping that he just kind of, kind of felt something there. But um, again, even for my brother's well, they talked a lot about my dad, you know, when you start opening that wound, it's hard for people to go back to that, that moment or that time. So I know he heard me and he was just like, yeah, okay. And then I didn't want to get into anything else because I just knew that on top of the pain, talking about our dad is, it can be painful too. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's something that, now as an adult, I realize, you know, when you're little, you're just like, tell me this, tell me this, tell me this. And now as an adult, I realize that when they have to go back to that moment that they lost their dad, um, it's, it's hard to open that up. But here you are talking about your own <laughs> father <laughs> to the world, yeah. you know, and what's that like for you actually uh, opening that wound? it's not a wound anymore. Um, I think when I was younger, you know, it, it really was, but I don't even think I knew what that meant. You know, it was just like something that I didn't, I didn't have. It was like a piece. You don't realize that there's a piece of you missing, but there is, but it, again, like until I was, you know, married and, and we had kids and I would see like, you know, my husband taking son and, and out fishing, you know, or especially when he's with our daughter, boy, that's, that, that's when I'm just like, wow, like, um, I can see her, you know, she has the sense of protection and security with her dad, like, where's dad, like, well, dad's gonna take care of us. And I don't realize that I didn't have a lot of that. I, I didn't have that. That's probably why I was always so frightened. You know, I just, you know, just, we're just out there to, you know, I don't have a, a, a man protecting me. So, so now I just, I feel like it's a beautiful thing that I can, um, 
tap tap into and not be sad about. And it's not that, you know, people shouldn't be sad. We feel what we feel. It's just that I don't feel sad anymore that I, I don't have this person because I do have this person. I just can't see him. Oh, that's amazing. And you're right. Like you, you have like a different form of bond, but like the bond's still there. And so you're not grieving the end of a relationship because of like how it all occurred to you. It's, I think that's so interesting. It just carried on in a different form. And I think that's, you know, it's what a powerful statement of these dreams on, on how they sort of embodied and helped you to get to that point, to be able to talk about, it, to be able to have a bond and, and feel love and be able to support your dad when he needs you. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's yeah. I mean, who knows, you know, when he, he'll need me again or when I'll need him again. And I imagine as, you know, we get older and we have a new life experiences, you know, where you're, you're, you know, losing, start losing people. The older we get, you know, I have friends, you know, I have a boss that passed away, you know, things like that. Um, a, a new stage of life I will experience and who knows if my dad will show up. Apparently he picks and chooses when that is. So I guess I, I have a little comfort sometimes in going, well, things can't be too bad right now because he hasn't showed up. So <laughs> isn't that something eh? like, Oh, I guess I can handle this myself. <laughs> like it's just Exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. So, I'm curious. Did, did he, was he the same age and looked the same? Like did he dress the same in each of the dreams or was he slightly different in any way? Um, I feel like he, um, I feel like when I see him, he's, he's, he's younger than when he passed. You know, like I would say maybe, like, I think he passed in, you know, he was like 42, I think, or 43. Um, but I feel like he looks even younger than that. And that's how we're conversing. And and when we're conversing, we're never like talking. I know it sounds like kind of crazy, but it's just like, you know, I'm not verbally speaking or hearing his voice. We're like, it's like the whole thought transference thing. I'm not sure how to explain that <laughs> but um but yeah I feel like I feel like he's a little younger than than when he died so that's that's really interesting because as a child that's that's normal right but now that you're you, you're probably going to be older than him in the dreams which is mm -hmm. <laughs> very interesting <laughs> right right yeah so I don't know if maybe that's why I haven't had one you know but um but yeah that's cool. Wow. And so, man, amazing and amazing stories of continuing bonds and, and how dreams can play a part in that. You also uh, mentioned a story of uh, finding a guitar, and, and that's another way of you connecting with your father. Could you yeah, so go through that story? The, the guitar is an amazing story. So I, I, I sing. My husband and I used to be in a band together. So, I mean, even from when I was little, I loved singing. Um, I'd walk around with this little recorder, and I'd record myself singing. So my mom knew that I loved singing and music and so she had um you know she got me piano lessons and things like that and she really she she really uh nurtured my love for the arts and so I did like theater classes and summer stock so I could sing and and, and act and, and do all those things now my dad had played he played guitar and that was something that um everybody knew and when um you know, there would be family get-togethers. You know, he would show up with his guitar. He would play 
um, with his brother guitar and they would sing together and, and everyone loved that about my dad. So, you know, he always, he had this musical aspect as well. So now when I was in high school, um, I really loved stuff like Jewel. I loved singer songwriters and I was just like, Oh, it'd be so cool to play the guitar, but I could never do something like that. Again, you have that little voice going, I, I can't do that. There's just no way. So um, when I was 18, um, his sister, my aunt, she calls me up and she says, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm cleaning, I'm moving, I, I have something that I want to give to you. And so I'm like, well, okay, you know, and, um, and I mean, I would, I visit my aunts and uncles, but, you know, we weren't, I wasn't at her house, like all the time for her to like call me out of the blue, but she called me out of the blue. And I kid you not, it was on my 18th birthday that I go to her house and when I get to her house she hands me his guitar and she had kept it after the accident um, because she was she was afraid something was going to happen to it and so it was just one of those things probably my mom you know couldn't deal with so my, my aunt took the guitar and she said I really I just put it away and I left it there and you know my aunt was moving into a condo or you know downsizing or whatnot and she forgot that she had the guitar and so she gave that guitar to me on my 18th birthday. And I really feel like my dad just made sure that I got it on my 18th birthday. And at that moment, I did learn how to play the guitar. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. 18 years later, mm-hmm. holding on to this instrument that your father played. I want, So you must definitely, when you play it, get a sense, you know, get that feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's another, that's, and that's just another way, you know, we're connected. I pick up that guitar and I will always think of him. And it's funny, like my son is, um, he's, he's a drummer, but like, you know, he has a guitar because we just have instruments in our house for whoever wants to pick them up. But when he picks up the, my dad's guitar, it's just, that's, that's a really great feeling for me, you know, to see that. Yeah, especially like something so think of a guitar, you know, it's got such soul to it. The hands are all over it, all over the, all the strings, you know, it's resonating. It's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's one of those instruments that, like you said, you sit around and just play it and everybody kind of gets that feeling with it. It's, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, you can take a piano everywhere or drums, eh, maybe kind of, but like, you know, just, just what a guitar brings. It, it's just kind of like perfect for that, for that right. thing. And, and you know, I just, I had played piano, but you know, when, when I got this guitar, I didn't know how to play the guitar. And again, I'm telling myself, I probably can't really play, but it made me go, let me go sign up for lessons. This is a sign. I'm going to go sign up for lessons. And, you know, I took some lessons and then I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to sing and play this at the same time, but I I worked at it. I, and I can, I can do it. You know, I'm not like, you know, great, you know, not going to be on, um, you know, uh, the radio anytime soon, but it's it's something that personal that I personally love to do. It's it's and it's a beautiful thing, and my husband and I can share it together. And but I would not have I would not have picked up a guitar had it not landed in my lap the way it did. You must have. Uh, is it's an acoustic guitar? It's an acoustic guitar. Oh wow! See, I can just picture you now, just like changing the strings because it must have been really out of tune and you're like oh yeah 
making it yours, going to lessons, learning fret by fret, finger by finger, and just mm -hmm. kind of going through those motions. And it is a little bit similar like a piano. I mean, you have your your scales and whatnot, but it's still its own unique thing because it's it's you know a little bit it, it, it's it's different because you're strumming on one and picking on the other. But uh, yeah. what a, what an amazing thing concept you know that you can again foster a bond from a different angle you know you, you've got this object that you know someone's already poured their heart and soul into it and now you're pouring your heart and soul into it through song which is which is tremendous i love that yeah yeah so i'm you know it's just sometimes if i if i open up with a story like hey this you know let me talk about this guitar people some people just look at you like oh well um yeah that's weird or, you know, so, so when I found this podcast, I was just so excited. Like I could tell these people like not everything that's happened and they would understand <laughs> you know? um, because um, it's, just, it's very defining and how dreams affect everyone is just so di di different depending on their life experiences. So some, some people don't have, you know, these detailed dreams and they, they, they don't have these experiences, you know, um, sometimes people, depending on things that have happened in their life, um, they have bad dreams, so they don't like to dream. So um, I've noticed when I, if I, if I bring up dreaming, it, it depends, really depends on who the audience is. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's something we're finding out as well. You know, there's, there's lots of different people in this world, and lots of people who uh, kind of view dreams differently. And also, you know, obviously, relationships and there's so many variables involved but you were you were able to obviously build this type of relationship through dreams which is incredible and also like you know for those listening i think it's a great example of what can happen if you kind of um, give yourself the space and open yourself up to the possibility of having a uh, a grief dream um in your life that, that that's a this is a possibility of what can happen that you know you might have the potential to kind of develop a relationship that maybe you ne never had before and it can change some lives. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard of stories of people who their parents passed away or, you know, one of the, one of the parents passed away and they, um, you know, they've had negative dreams, but not, not nothing positive. And uh, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, there's a potential there for that person to kind of gain something from that. What would you tell someone who's maybe listening to this, who ha is in that situation? Boy, just just to be open, you know, really look at the, sometimes we might deem a message as negative, like, well, they told me something, you know, that I'm not, I'm doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Well, look internally, are you, you know, um, and is that really a negative thing? You know, are they trying to help you? I know that, you know, one of my brothers, you know, he he he's rather more religious than I am. And so he would push the whole, you know, dream thing aside. And um, I finally, like, you know, recently he sort of opened up to me that he had, you know, dreamed about our dad and, you know, that, that our dad was mad at him. And, um, and he was just like, you know, he was, he was yelling at me. Well, you know, during that time, my brother, you know, he was, when he was young, you know, he was probably doing things he shouldn't have been doing, but, you know, that's also the result of the, the trauma he went through as a, as a teenager, you know, but he's not realizing that, um, that what that dream probably meant was 
you know, I want, I want you to do better. Like it, it's a, it is a message. It's, he's not mad at you. He, he wants you to do better. And just telling me that, like he, he was crying and, but it made him feel so much better to just, to talk about it. And then, and then he felt better after we talked about it, you know, and, and it, it depends on the relationship that you, you had existing here with that person. So sometimes it's like, don't get too emotional when you wake up really just look at it from, you know, break it down. You know, what, 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 what are they telling me? Some life lessons we learn aren't, they don't feel good, but they, they do push us to where we're supposed to be going. Well, that's nice that you're able to provide a space uh, for him to share his dreams. I think that's the most important thing that even we're trying to do is be able to provide a space for people to normalize the experience to not just hold it in because there is beauty about expressing the dream and negative or positive about letting it go almost. And if you say it to the right person, you could maybe help understand a little bit on why it's there. That's even my own personal research. A lot of negative dreams were related to trauma, which you know would be very traumatic for a child, but also guilt or blame. And so you're right. If he's doing something that he feels guilty about, um, that dream is you know a great representation of that guilt. And of even that father figure saying, you know, straighten up, you know, like, let's get back on the horse, you know, like, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, do things differently. And that's what you're saying. Like, there's probably more meaning there rather than just saying, oh, my God, it's a, it's a negative dream. I don't want these dreams. Like, OK, what is, could it represent in your life to help you move forward and establish, you know, that continuing mm -hmm. bond uh, in your own life? So, you yeah. know, at the end of the day. I'm going to say at the end of the day, I think it's great what you're doing and coming on here to share these dreams that you've had. It's, it's inspiring to me because usually we get maybe one dream, maybe two, but you shared five dreams in this series. And it's probably one of the, one of the first times someone has done that, which is so exciting for us cool. you know, as a podcast. <laughs> like, look, so it's not just, look, here's one dream. It's like, look, here's a series of dreams and how it impacted someone's life fully from like, you know, for over 40 years. It's like, wow, like how amazing that is about the significance of these dreams in our lives. And I bet you're not the only one. So there's probably a ton. I know in my own life, I've had mm -hmm. probably six monumental dreams of my father that have changed as I move forward in life. And yeah. I keep those very close. And a lot of people probably have those also. And it's just like, it just bring up a talk, the topic and saying, Hey, let's talk about this. These things, you know, change my life and I shouldn't have to keep this a secret because, you know, maybe it'll help someone else in theirs. Yeah. I, I do get very happy from like, you know, sometimes uh, depending on someone at work or that I've, I've opened up to, if they say, Hey, I had this dream. It makes me, it just makes me really happy that they, they want to share. And then I try to do my best to like really listen because that's, that's really sometimes what you just want. You just want someone to hear you and someone to listen and someone to believe you. Mm. So, so I think this podcast is fantastic. It gives people a vehicle to, to talk about these things and, and to share because the more we share, the easier some of this stuff becomes. So I like, I like what you said about the listening. That's really like people just want to be heard and they want to be supported. You know, and that's what your dad did for you and you're doing for other people. So it's great. And it's a great sort of takeaway from everything uh, today is, you know, like, if you open up the question, just listen to what they have to say and don't judge it. Just listen to it and ask some questions and you know, you're good to go and you probably changed or elevated someone's mood for the day. Yeah. Yeah. I try. 
So our last question that we always like to ask at the end of the podcast is if you could have a dream tonight of your father, what dream would, would, uh, that, how would that look like to you? Oh, I, I think the perfect dream I could have with my dad is the two of us playing music together. Yeah. Something like that. Guitar singing or just enjoying each other's company and chatting. I would love to see him interact with my children. Something beautiful and maybe that's satisfying to him. That would make him happy. So. And so who has his guitar? <laughs> oh, I have the guitar. <laughs> it's in my closet um, so, right now because I, I have a, one that I play, like I have a Fender downstairs, but my, my son will come and, and get the, his, my dad's guitar all the time and sit and, and fiddle around with it. So it could be something like you're playing the guitar, maybe your dad's singing, and uh, maybe your son's in the audience or maybe your family's in the audience. Just oh yeah, like in the dream. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who gets the guitar. Does he have his own? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping. You, like, if you're, if you go to the other side, that you can have your own guitar there. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty cool. And uh, so, what? Like, do you have a type of music that you normally play? Um, you know, for me, because it's like if I'm playing by myself. You know, I like the singer-songwriter stuff. I like the Sheryl Crow and the Jewel, and it totally screams like, you know, child of, you know, the 90s, 90s girl. But um, I listen to just about everything. There, there isn't anything that I'll turn down. Not a huge jazz person, but it's funny because, like, my son's in jazz bands, so I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta, you know, I can do this. But um, I, I really love like folk music, rock music. I, I will throw some Snoop Dogg in there just to mix it up a bit because that's just who I am. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Uh, like a true artist, spoken like a true artist. You're adaptable. <laughs> you like all types of music. And uh, yeah, I can picture, you know, that scene and again, sharing something you both love, sharing a passion. Uh, well, man, I, I really hope you get that dream tonight. I hope so too. That would be awesome. And if I do, I'll let you know. Beautiful. Yeah, let us know. Uh, do you? Is there anything else you'd like to say as we wrap up? Um, no. I think I think we've covered everything. I just I think I I hope that people are really open open to messages that they get. Just listen and um, and write it down. It's so important to write it down. Uh, again, as as silly as the dream could even be, it really helps you remember and recall things and not just relative to uh, grief dreams you know they can be instrumental for your workplace um or for you know for your personal again you know transformation so yeah just just be open to what what messages you're getting because it's really listening to your internal self is important yeah it's very well said and um I think we've learned a lot through this episode as well as um, I love the story about the guitar because it's another way of you honoring uh, your father. And I think if you can figure out ways of honoring your loved ones and in waking life, keep them in your mind. I think that's that's an amazing thing for your journey as well. So thank you, Judy, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, so you guys can uh, check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. We added a donation button and there are perks to those who donate. 
If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams group. You can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams. And we like to end our podcast, as always, with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduce myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.